We have major news about a member of our Growth Igniters community. Dr. Deanne DeVries' book, Africa Open for Business, has won the top award as African Business Book of the Year. What's the significance of this honor? And what do you need to know as the world keeps changing? Join us for episode 257 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right along with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves, and of course, their companies, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, many of our listeners know one promising avenue for igniting new growth is international expansion. That's right. You can do this in so many different ways. And going along with that, we see that opportunities for growth in African countries are continually evolving. Mm -hmm. And so much has happened in the last three years. It's really important to keep up with these changing trends. Yes. And this impacts the way we regard all investment opportunities. Right. What's changing? Where? And Africa is, of course, a diverse continent. Right. So what are the keys to decide what's best for us and our businesses under these turbulent conditions? That's why we're excited to speak with our returning guest, Dr. Deanne DeVries. We had a conversation with her about a year and a half ago after she published her now award-winning book, Africa Open for Business. Her newest book is Africa Reframing Political Leadership, and we've also spoken with her about that. Right. But before we get into our discussion about her first book, here's a bit about Deanne's background. Dr. Deanne DeVries has spent much of the past 30 years living across Africa and working for startups, including her own, global nonprofits and international organizations, venture capital firms, as well as one of the world's top 10 logistics firms. Her articles and ideas have been featured in all kinds of media, including the World Economic Forum, Africa, The Economist, Financial Times, and CNBC Africa, as well as on university campuses and at local tech or entrepreneur gatherings. You can read much more about Dr. Deanne DeVries' background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 257, and scroll down to the bio link under resources. Deanne, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio and under really exciting circumstances. Thank you. Yeah, it's not every day you win such an award, is it? <laughs> no, and we are so happy that we are among the first to get to have a conversation with you about this. So let's talk about what this award even is. Now, it's the inaugural award. We're going to let you tell us. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, since 1956, the Business Council for Africa has been connecting Africa and the international community. And their current chairman, Arnold Epke, happens also to be an author of a book called The Bush Banker. 
about his time where he started Africa's most successful bank. He also started an airline. And he realized in that process that there are so many amazing stories to be told. So they decided to launch an award that would bring to light business stories in Africa and basically celebrate Uh both the stories that are changing the business landscape across Africa, as well as the authors and publishers that are bringing these to light. Okay. So this organization has been around now for quite a long time. Why did they decide to start this award? This is the first time that it's been given. And what was it about your book that led them to select it? So there's a lot of companies that are expressing interest in Africa. However, most still operate under some assumptions that Africa hasn't changed for years and decades. So those of Mm. us that are actually on the continent know something different. And so in choosing my book, they noted the judges described it as a book that was not only clear and easy to read and practical, but it's also from somebody who's actually traveled and worked extensively across the continent. And it's something that demystifies business. So it's accessible and useful to both African and non-African businesses. Mm -hmm. And it provides just a really handy and intricate step-to-step guide to doing business on the continent. Well, that's what we really liked about it. I mean, it was very easy to say, okay, what are the ABCs? And you literally outlined them, which I thought was very clever. Mm -hmm. But your stories really were the thing that uh, got to us first and foremost, and I guess to them too then. Brought it to life. Brought it to life. Yeah, and that's what they all mentioned, is the fact that one of the judges was like, I thought you had to be 100 years old. Because because you have so much experience, you know, and another one, their spouse came up to me like, I'm so excited you won. She goes, I loved all your stories. Uh, and she goes, and it was everything. You had the small entrepreneur, you had the teenage girl, you had the multinational company. She goes, you just showed everything that Africa has to offer just in one short book. It is amazing. And how did you do that? I mean, you're not, you're clearly not 100 years old. You've done a lot of things and you shaped it that way. How did you do that? Just out of curiosity. It honestly, I mean, the, the stories emanate because I'm on the ground. Right. And so when you live there, you're there on weekends. You're there on evenings. If uh, somebody calls you and says, hey, listen, can you participate? Can you speak here at the last minute? Well, of course, because I live there. And mm-hmm. so as you do that, uh, you get to experience so much more than just somebody who flies in and flies out and really right. only sees the road from the airport to the hotel. And, mm-hmm. you know, there there might be a time and place for that as well. But to really understand uh, what I call the ABCs, Appetite Bandwidth Capital, it really involves being on the ground. And then you learn the languages, you learn the culture, you go to their homes, you you sit in the cafes and drink coffee together, you celebrate national holidays together, and you learned how the entire ecosystem uh, works to support business. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note, you're very humble about it, but you made it a point to do this. Yeah. And to get out there. And so many people stick close to home. You know, you were based in primarily in which country? So I lived in, if we start from top to bottom, let's see, Kenya, Uganda, South Africa, Mozambique, did some short-term assignments in Tanzania and South Sudan and Ethiopia, and traveled to another 15, 20 countries for projects and meetings and conferences. Mm-hmm. And you're fluent in Swahili? Yeah. So I, on the continent, I speak uh, Swahili. English, French, Afrikaans, because I'm Dutch as well, Portuguese. And then I speak what I call breaking the ice of probably 
12 to 15 of the local languages. You know, it's a way of respect. Right. If you can land in an airport, I can land in Senegal and greet the immigration officer in his local tongue and say, Nangadaf. And they immediately ear to, you know, ear to ear yeah, grin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I call it breaking the ice. Yeah. And it is. And it made a real difference. I could feel that as I read the book. But knowing you as we do now, I can understand how that can make a big difference. Mm. So let's talk about since the book. Mm -hmm. Now, again, it's been 18 months mm -hmm. or more since you wrote the book. What would you say is your biggest new insight about doing business in Africa since that time? And we'll just start with a high level. Okay. So I think the variety of businesses. So when I was living there, there was particularly as it relates to the creative industries. So when I was yeah. living there, you know, there was people talking about industry and manufacturing and logistics, right? agriculture, power. But what's really started to blossom is what I call the creative industries. And so that's things like movies, sports, fashion, writing, poetry. I mean, there was a... A Malian film director that just won the Cannes Film Festival Most Exclusive Award for how wow. he's brought West African traditional oral narratives into film. And so that's just all of a sudden started waking people up from Hollywood hmm. to Netflix to the NBA and the NFL. They're all now in Africa. So you've got a greater diversity mm -hmm. of business. And of course, that feeds on itself. And mm -hmm. brings more opportunities for a much wider range of countries and, and uh, industries to go in. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be something that uh, we want to dig into deeper. That's right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with Dr. Deanne DeVries, author of the award-winning book, Africa Open for Business, about insights for doing business in Africa that have emerged since her book was first published. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. We're excited that we are now, with Growth Igniters Radio, in our ninth year of episodes. Can you believe that? it? We're proud that we've received top podcast recognition in 2022, and this year we're having more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders like Dr. Deanne DeVries, who are changing the face of business. And we'll also feature more of our own quick take episodes over the coming year. Now, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word. Be a recommender. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use, write a review. And feel free to share links to your favorite episodes, maybe this one, in your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Dr. Deanne DeVries, author of the award-winning book, 
Africa Open for Business. And we're talking with her about using insights from this book to shape decisions about doing business in Africa, especially as the world keeps changing so quickly. Dan, tell us how people can find out more about you, your keynote, your book, all these different things. Thanks, Pam and Scott. So my website is drdeandevries.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Dr. Deanne DeVries. And there's also the links on growthignitersradio.com to find me. That's right. Thank you for that. We are so pleased that Deanne is part of our Growth Igniters community. And we love featuring good news about the people who are part of our community. So let's go further, dig deeper on that insight that you left us with. We said that, of course, there are a lot of good reasons and good stories that come from your time in so many African countries. Let's start with that, a story that amplifies that insight that you had with us. When you're on the ground, you live with the people and you realize that they're just like any other country that I've lived in. And I've lived in 11. And every country is the same. People wake up in the morning, they get themselves ready, they get their families ready, they go to school, they go to work they go to the grocery stores, they play sports, etc. And so one of the things I love about living there is you actually see some of these things. It may not be the next TikTok. So one example I love is a Kenyan. Now, many of us in our communities, we probably know somebody who is deaf. And, you know, you would communicate them with sign language, which isn't always the easiest for everybody to learn. So there, mm -hmm. there was a young Kenyan who had a niece who was deaf, and he decided he was going to do something about it. So he created gloves that would basically film his niece signing. And then he created an app that would read that so that he and his niece could communicate. Now, oh, my God. That's not something maybe that's, you know, on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, though maybe it should be. But, you know, when you live in the communities, you get to hear these stories, you get to see the actual real life impact that it makes. Oh, that's true. I think one of the things that we do need to gently touch on, it is a very time sensitive topic, is there's been so much upheaval in the world, you know, in the last couple of years. We know that there are many companies here that are nearshoring and reshoring and all kinds of things. COVID's impact has definitely hit the economy. What are you seeing these days with regard to that in a very high level, obviously? Yeah. So it's a great question because a lot of people feared that Africa was going to collapse. As a matter of fact, Africa has rebounded stronger than a lot of other, uh, let's say, Western or first world or whatever terminology people like to use countries. And so when you look at the countries that are actually growing this year, yeah, of the top 10 countries, six of them are in Africa, for example, that are growing 4.4%, 5%. And what else it's done is it's shown the how much the world actually needs Africa because they yeah. need to diversify their mm -hmm. supply right. chain and whether that's sourcing materials or where they manufacture or even who their yeah. customers are. Right. Now, it's very interesting. We were just watching uh, yesterday a Netflix special with Trevor Noah, and he mentioned that among all of the continents that dealt with the COVID pandemic, that African countries actually had some of the lowest levels of spread because they have learned from all of the other history and they dealt with it much better than a number of countries in, in the world. So that tells you something about 
there is sophistication there. There is much more than maybe Americans and Europeans assume. That's so important. Yeah. I mean, Trevor makes a really good point. He's from South Africa. And right. there were a few times throughout the pandemic that South Africa identified a new strain of the virus. Right. And right. they got a lot of bad press about it because everyone's like, oh, no, it's starting in Africa. It's like, actually, no, it started elsewhere around the world. But because of the sophistication of laboratory technologies right. due to HIV AIDS and also in yep. West Africa due to Ebola. Right. They learned how to basically look at blood samples and identify new viruses. So in that sense, Africa was actually ahead of the rest of the world. They identified yeah. upcoming or new variants of the COVID-19 before any Western laboratories did. And so it's fascinating. Yeah. So people just thought, oh, they're bad. Actually, no, we need to say thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is this a surprise, would you say? I mean, if you're thinking about surprising insights since the book, mm -hmm. are you surprised by that or no? I'm grateful for it. I'm not surprised because there's so many things that have started from the continent of Africa. And I'm talking eons ago. We would not have yeah. jazz today if it wasn't for Africa. We wouldn't have mathematics. Sorry if you're like me and don't like calculus. But, you know, that started there. <laughs> I'm right there. Astronomy. Uh, the first open heart surgery was done in South Africa. That's right. So there's so many firsts, so many things we wouldn't have in our society today if it hadn't been for the continent of Africa. And so I just, I love being able to not necessarily put it in people's face, but just be like, hey, did you know? And then they're uh, like, oh, wow. And it gives them a newfounded respect. Yeah. Yes. Now, Africa, as you've said many times, Africa is not monolithic. It's, it's what, 59 countries? We spoke of a few months ago with you about your second book about uh, the political insights, and that keeps evolving. How can people keep up to date with what is actually going on in Africa? Because it doesn't always hit yeah. the front page. No, and usually the things that hit the front page are the negative stories like yeah. a coup or a cyclone, for example. Yeah, there's 54 or 55 countries, depending whether or not Western Sahara is seen as a country. Okay. But more so than that, even more importantly, those countries were, were basically decided in Berlin in 1884 by a group of Europeans. There was no African in the room. So they actually ended up dividing yeah. communities, forcing other communities into a statehood that had no idea or no relation with one another. So, yeah, that's why it's so important to be on the ground and to never assume. And when you hear something, go fact check it. Mm-hmm. And go to a local newspaper or go to, there's a few continent African-wide, like Africa Business, Africa Banker, New African, are three magazines similar to like The Economist or Time Magazine that are really good sources and provide correct information. I like what you're saying, Deanne, about going to multiple sources right. because when we tend to focus on one source... Uh, no matter how respected it is, it's still just one source. And the full story really starts unfolding when you take your assumption and then you spread it across all these places, you know, say, oh, is it really that? So really glad you're, you're talking about that. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Dr. Deanne DeVries, author of the award-winning book, Africa Open for Business, about immediately useful ideas for updating insights, your insights, on business opportunities in Africa as the world keeps changing. Stay with us. 
You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered, if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? Well, that's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Dr. Deanne DeVries, author of the award-winning book, Africa Open for Business, about what it takes to successfully do business in Africa in the constantly changing world. Deanne, remind us how people can find out more about you, your books, your keynote, and anything else that you would like to share. Thank you. So my books are all available on Amazon in print, ebook, and audio. I got to read my own audio, which was quite fun to oh, do. Cool. Yes. And you can also go to my website, Dr. Deanne DeVries, and the doctor is drdeannedevries.com. Okay. And of course, you can find links for this episode and related episodes where we spoke with Deanne in much more detail about her two books by going to growthignitersradio.com and scrolling down under resources. So, Deanne, you know the drill. This is the part of our episode where we talk about immediately useful ideas. And in this case, we thought it would be good to talk about immediately useful ideas for keeping up to date on insights and opportunities for doing business in Africa, especially because if we were to say this is the way it is today, this would just be today. So what can people do if they come back to this episode and think about it differently? What's the first idea? So the first thing is being aware that you're probably going to need to reframe your view of Africa. And Uh that includes both for business or heads of state and pretty much most things that you've read up until now about Africa or songs you've heard sung about Africa. Hmm. Mm -hmm. For example, in my second book, when I interviewed Africa's heads of state, I wanted to interview them directly because I'd seen a different side than what I read in the press about them. And yes, there are some that are not very good leaders, but there were others that were really making a positive difference in their country, whether it was education, opening up the business environment, et cetera. And so I went to the source. I went to the heads of state mm-hmm. and said, you tell me what you think. You tell me what you want people to know. So yeah, the first idea would be really be ready, be open to reframing your view of Africa. So mm-hmm. how do you do that? Practically speaking. Practically speaking, the second thing is just like every year, 
there's new fashion, new colors are in, it's, you know, whatever, long sleeve, short sleeves, short skirts, long skirts, <laughs> you know what it is. It's right. the same thing with Africa. It's never one size fits all. So when I advise companies, I talk to them about getting on the ground. Because when you get on the ground, you're showing a respect because you're showing an interest in that actual situation, whether it's your customers and seeing how they interact with your product or your service, getting to know your employees in their setting, not bringing them always just to HQ. You're there with the local business, with the local government. But just like with trying on clothes, sometimes you try things on, you're like, yeah, no, that's not my fit. So Mm -hmm, you may very well decide that, hey, you know what? Mm, No, I'm not going to buy these shoes or jacket or, oh, I'm not going to invest in Africa right now, or I'm not going to invest in this particular country. Ah. But it also, sometimes you try a piece of clothing on or a color and you're just like, ooh, I like that. And so it's the same thing. You Mm -hmm. may go to Africa and be like, oh, wow, I kind of like this. And I think I'm going to yes and on this one because you got me thinking. Uh, one of the ways that people can get stuck in their frame is by relying on outdated data, data that is older than, say, a year old. I mean, how recent should the data be that you're relying on, aside from the stories, you know, but people will make decisions about going in visiting Africa to the extent that their data is saying, oh, sure, this is where we might go. What would you suggest in that regard? So that's a really good question because data in Africa is challenging to come by. You could look at GDP from the World Bank, the IMF, the UN, and the African Development Bank and get four completely different numbers for the same country. And that's because 60 to 80% of the economy is informal, which means there are no records. Ah. So how do you actually estimate or guesstimate GDP. And that's another reason it's so important to be on the ground. When I'm on the ground or when I go with companies on the ground, it's like, listen, we're going to get our own data Uh, and you're going to need, there's not, even though you have some of the big firms there, they're maybe only in one or two countries. And so they do a desk study. You and I both know we're not going to open a new country with just a desk study. Right. Hmm. And so you've really got to be on the ground, not just collecting your data, but getting a feel for it. And that means everything from speaking with lawyers, bankers, embassies, any local market research firms you can see, or like I've done, just sitting alongside the road, counting how many cars cross the border and how many trucks cross Uh, the border. hmm. Would it be useful for a C-suite team aboard to speak with you when they're even considering whether they should go to Africa to check it out? I mean, could you help in that regard as well? And you didn't ask me to ask you about this, (laughs) but it's a question, like, could that be useful. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest thing, the most common thing that I do with companies. And that's why I, my book is very simple. It's about appetite, bandwidth, and capital in that order. So I first work with companies and say, what's your appetite? Because you know what? You may not have an appetite today and that's okay. Maybe you're going to decide, oh, you know what? We're just going to sell our products there through a distributor and then we'll see. Maybe you'll just put one or two people in. But that's what I really work mm-hmm. with is identifying what is the appetite. And that could be your appetite for risk, your appetite mm-hmm. for the distance that particular country is from your headquarters, the appetite for doing business in a language that's different than your own, or that appetite right. just mm-hmm. for expanding overseas. Okay. Now, I want to also amplify something that you alluded to several times, and that is Africa is not homogeneous. And so you may say, well, this country is not right for me, but this one over here has a different economy, a different leadership, a different set of skills and and industries. 
let's check them out. Let's not lump everything in one bucket. Exactly. So, for example, I worked with a company uh, that was based in the Middle East. They were very comfortable in North Africa. Same uh-huh. language, same culture, same faith. Right. So when they wanted to expand into sub-Saharan Africa, as I got to know the C-suite, it was clear that they would be most comfortable with an English-speaking language, no wars or any kind of trouble yeah. or political, oh, I don't know, no, you know, fairly steady banking system, you know, could repatriate funds quickly, mm-hmm. right. legal system that they could recognize. And so I first took them to Kenya and Uganda. Because that's where their appetite was. And then when they're there, they're like, oh, okay. So you you get a little more comfortable. Then you're like, okay, great. Now let's expand a little further. And further could be to South Africa. Further could be to English-speaking West Africa. And then Mm -hmm. once you get to English-speaking West Africa, you're maybe in Senegal or Nigeria or you're in Ghana. And it's like, okay, now try French-speaking. West Africa. Ah, okay. I like that approach. You know, it's it's kind of dipping your toe in, Mm -hmm. but with good information and looking at it strategically, Mm -hmm. which ultimately, why would you expand if you didn't have clarity about what you were looking for in an expansion opportunity in a variety of ways? So we started with reframing. (laughs) We've gone on here to being very deliberate and dipping your toes in boots on the ground. What's that third immediately useful idea? Third idea is probably the most crucial of all. And that's the number one hurdle that I often come across working with companies. And that is when their C-suite or their executive team is not aligned. Uh. And it's, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's understanding, okay, so the CFO is concerned about repatriating funds or the chief legal officer is concerned about the quality of and the experience of the local lawyer. So it's understanding what each one of their concerns are mm-hmm. and seeing right. if you can waylay that by saying, okay, here, this, this, and this. And sometimes they're just not ready for it, and that's okay. Sometimes they need to send you know, some of their junior finance staff into the country to meet with, and I can organize, I organize meetings with the central bank, for example, with banks, international banks operating in Africa or African banks that are operating across the continent. So they get to understand, oh, these people actually, yeah, they have banks, they do things like we do, you know, mm-hmm. Right. but aligning your C-suite is vital because if your C-suite's not aligned, just take it slow, hold off. I had one company where the CEO was go, go, go. And the CFO was like, no, no, no. And the chief legal yeah. officer mm-hmm. was like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. And so, well, that's, that's the way it is. And in fact, oftentimes what we encounter yeah. is that there is that challenge. And that is talking about the orbit of the status quo. Yeah. You know, if people can't come to a meeting of the minds, you've got the status quo, but it's not a good place to stay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a stable place to stay. Yeah. Of course, to come to that meeting of the minds, people have to be willing to bring up there are different viewpoints. Yeah. And that's not always easy, but it's so critical. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's understanding why they have those ideas. Maybe they've never yeah. had mm-hmm. an opportunity to visit Africa. You know, so for many people, that's one of the things that the judges liked about my book. They're like, you present Africa as a normal business opportunity. Because yeah. the truth of the matter is ABC, Appetite, Bandwidth, Capital, that works in every country. Yeah. I just happened right. well, to pick the true. continent of Africa with 54 countries because okay. that's where I've been the last 35 years. Okay. But it really, it, even if you're just expanding across town or across the state line, yeah. that's, you yeah. still need to have an appetite with an aligned you know, C-suite and bandwidth and capital. Mm-hmm. Well, and so what we're ultimately talking about is eyes wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Deanne, 
We're at the end of the episode. It's always wonderful to talk with you. Can you leave us with some final thoughts on this particular topic going forward in Africa? Yes. My number one advice is stay curious. And how do you stay curious? You read from a variety of sources to challenge your thinking, your opinions, your assumptions. And if people are looking for some just a look of good, reputable books. I'd recommend the Business Council on Africa because they shortlisted eight books. Mine won. Yay. Um, yeah. There's seven <laughs> other books that are really yeah. interesting, different approaches, different industries, different angles. Some's very scholarly, others autobiographical. So yeah, stay curious and get on the ground. Wonderful. Right. And we will have that link so that people can find out more about other books as well. Deanne, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing your good news with us. And again, our congratulations. We are happy but not surprised that this book received that award. And again, thanks, Deanne, so much. And thanks to you all for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, like we've been talking about, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 257. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What questions do we need to ask and with whom do we need to engage to decide whether and how we can successfully do business in Africa? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.